Hello and welcome to the Active Growth Podcast. Today's episode is a continuation of our series on how to generate traffic on a bootstrap budget. So if you're in a position where you need to get more visitors to your website and your business, but you can't just reach into some deep pockets and start spending money on things like pay-per-click advertising, then this series is for you. Today, we're talking to Colin Ship, who has some advice on how to do networking and outreach and PR, which is what I would call very up to date. It is tested and proven in the present in this ever-changing environment that is online marketing. And Colin has some advice that I need because he specializes in some of the things that I'm generally not very good at, that I, if anything, have neglected in my own marketing. So I'm learning as much here as you are during this interview. From Colin, you'll hear why you should put together a hero list and how to use it. And we'll also talk about the importance of how to differentiate yourself and how to be able to compete in an increasingly competitive space where, for example, if you're trying to sell an online course, you're basically up against large players like Udemy or Masterclass who do have deep pockets, who do have big budgets and who are trying to stomp all over your market. But with this approach that we're gonna talk about today, you can differentiate yourself and you can compete. To get the show notes for this episode, as well as links to everything we mention, go to activegrowth.com forward slash hero list. That's activegrowth.com forward slash hero list, all one word, to get show notes and to leave a comment or a voice message. And with that, let's get into the episode. Now, before we get into the main part of the episode, I want to go to our voicemails and take a look at new messages we've received and I want to reply to some of those messages. So here's the first message on the topic of traffic generation. This was sent in by Bavesh. I hope I didn't just mangle your name there, but here is your input. Hey, Sean, this is good stuff. I just wanted to add one more thing, which is that uh, one of the things that I've tried is giving people a platform as guests. I think this is sort of a variation of uh, the podcast combined with the idea of being a speaker. But the idea here is that putting together a panel of people uh, that share expertise uh, in, in a specific niche. So this could be done through video conferencing nowadays. So that's uh, another way to do it. So um, so this, this way people get to be speakers and experts in front of a lot of people without them having to show up as speakers uh, per se. So this is sort of like uh, adding a video twist to a podcast with a guest. I don't know if that's a separate strategy or not, but I just wanted to add that in. And also wanted to try out this uh, new feature that you have on your, on your blog. I just wanted to test it for myself and see how it works. Thanks. Hope that helped. This is a good point. This is something that is indeed a hybrid of some of the strategies we talked about in the first episode, the big list of traffic generation strategies. And yeah, we didn't we didn't mention that specifically. And I have seen this. I have seen this often called something like an online summit. So it's kind of like a conference, but instead of it being in a physical venue somewhere in the real world, it takes place online. And it's usually in the form of some webinars and things like that. And I think it can be an interesting thing to try out for sure, uh, because it is easier to put together something like this 
than you know an online summit of this kind than it is to do a real world one and it, in a way it might be a good way to kind of test the waters right if you are you know if you're in online marketing i wouldn't recommend doing this and there's probably some other you know like big kind of saturated niches where i wouldn't necessarily do this because it's probably overdone and there's already a ton of real world conferences that people would rather go to than you know basically attending a bunch of webinars online but if this isn't something that's already overdone in your niche i think this could be worth trying it's first of all worth finding if anyone else is doing this and seeing if you can appear as a speaker but it's also something you could try putting together and if there's a lot of demand for it if it does really well that could be a signal that maybe doing an offline a real world event could be something that you could use now this i wouldn't call this a traffic generation strategy doing a real world event because that's not so much about traffic anymore that's more about building a brand and building a community but that of course can be great so i think this is a great input this is a great addition to the traffic generation strategies we've already talked about so thank you for this message and then there's one more message i want to respond to that was sent in by ang lee may i'm i'm really impressed and i, I feel really lucky to know about you because <laughs> there are so many voices um, in in the online entrepreneur world that is that are misleading, and I thank you for being true and for being people with the highest integrity. I respect you a lot. Thank you so much. Thank you very much for this message. That's really encouraging for us to hear. Of course, this is, you know, this is a big deal to us. Uh, we do this podcast. This podcast is still just a passion project, as you might have noticed from the fact that there are never any ads or anything playing. And, you know, this is this means a lot. This means a lot. So thank you very much. Um, it's, it's really great to hear that you find value in what we do. And yeah, so thank you very much for this and for any, you know, positive reviews and comments you send in. It is really, really encouraging for us. All right. So with that said, here is Colin Chip. Thank you for joining, Colin. And can you give us a quick introduction of, of who you are, what you do? Yeah, thanks for having me on, Shane. Uh, yeah, basically the past, like, I'd say three and a half, now going on four years, I've done uh, what started off as just video marketing for clients is now kind of a full content promotion and content marketing uh, consulting for brands. All right, cool. So we brought you on because we, in this series, we are talking about how to gain initial traction, right? If you've got your product ready, you've got your course ready to sell, you've done your validation. So you, you basically know that this is something people want, but the people don't just come, uh, you know, beat down a path to your door, unfortunately. You've got to do something to get the word out. And you've got some advice that, yeah, I'd like to talk to you about this, this strategy you've mentioned to me um, on how you would recommend someone get this initial traction yeah of course and you kind of already said it and a lot of it is that you know <laughs> there's there's no one coming and banging down your door to buy your stuff on the internet you know, a lot of things especially in digital products and digital courses and you know maybe 15 you know, i have some friends that have had businesses now for like 20 years and like the digital uh digital course and online course info products uh market and you know 20 years ago you could have there was like one product in certain markets. Like there wasn't a hundred like there is now. There was literally one to a few products and there was only a few ways to advertise those products. Um, you couldn't host video online. There's a lot of things that have changed. And now with, you know, just online education getting bigger with these courses, these big platforms like Linda, Skillshare, Udemy, 
And then even just big newer like premium ones like Masterclass and these different online sources that have funding and unbelievable marketing budgets that just crush you when it comes to like Facebook advertising, AdWords, and just any form of paid marketing. Now, most people listening to this probably have either a tiny direct response paid marketing budget or zero paid budget at all, which doesn't always matter to get started. Actually, you probably don't want to start spending money to start your business, uh, to, to acquire your first customers. Yeah. Actually, if I can quickly jump in there, I think you mentioned there is, is really important regarding outdated advice because there are still, I mean, you can buy books now. Some of them are, you know, former bestsellers and they might show up in the recommendations, basically in Amazon, you can find online marketing teachers or gurus or whatever, who will teach you things that worked one or two decades ago. And the original niche marketing online was find a niche, build a website, basically job done, right? Because you, you could be the first to talk about whatever, some niche topic. And then indeed people would be the path to your door because it's like, oh, finally, there's a website about this topic I care about, right? But I think that's very important to be aware of, you know, when does this advice come from? And that's one of the things we are talking about here about the kind of stuff that works now in, in a saturated market where it's no longer a new and exciting thing like, oh my God, someone made a course. I've never heard of that before. You know, creating a course is not about being, especially the reason why I bring up stuff about the creation and the product and, and what market you're in in general, because that dictates a lot of how you market and what I found and what methods and what strategies to, to reach out and to get your brand exposed and out there it depends on kind of what what your product is and what market you're in. So for example, in the fitness industry, it's not about having the best fitness product because it's all preferential. Because there's every little diet work, so it's like the ketogenic diet or paleo or, or counting calories or whatever you want to do. All of them work to some extent. It's just a preference for different customers in different parts of the market. So it's not about having the best course. It's about connecting what I found when it comes to outreach and getting your brand kind of the first or your website or your YouTube channel or whatever it is launched and started is by having a unique voice and finding people that connect and resonate with that and finding blogs that are similar or finding content creators or other related businesses or uh, places that would feature your business that kind of resonate and relate to your unique voice. Even if you're just starting off, you have a different angle about whether it's fitness or business or, you know, it could be woodworking for some random small niche. You have a different way that you do it. Yeah. And this is something where, um, that's, this is one of the reasons why it's so important not to try to appeal to everyone, not to try and be like, I'm going to make the fitness product for everyone. I'm going to include you know, every possible person is, is the right person for this fitness product. That's exactly the wrong approach because then you miss out on this opportunity to appeal to a specific subgroup, right? And it's going to be, if you just make the generic fitness course, it's going to be so difficult to, to win people over. But if you make the, you know, the fitness course for, uh, you know, single moms who want to have a plant-based ketogenic diet or something, right? Then it's like, it's going to be this small group of people who are like, yes, this is, this is the one I want. Exactly. You want to talk to, I've talked about this with uh, Hannah as well too, about the uh, thousand true fans thing by Kevin Kelly. It's like, like Silicon Valley made that thing really popular. But the premise of that is, you know, you find your small group of people that are your loyal fans and customers and you base your business around that, not around the masses. So 
why I even bring that up, and because it's not, I'm not talking about like product creation. I'm just, the, the, I'm talking about outreach and the new, what I call it, the new form of PR. PR used to be very different in outreach for your brand and business, like getting press and media exposure and publications used to be way different. And now it's much simpler, streamlined, and is has everyone has access to it now. But before you even step foot to promote your brand, you have to know who you are and what what's different about you and who would even want what you're selling, what you're offering as a service, or what you're even doing. Um, connecting those dots before you even begin to make steps to make relationships in your market or to get to do any kind of collaboration in your market, you have to have that nailed. Yeah, that makes that makes a lot of sense. Um, I think this is also something, and I, I'd love to, I'm, you know, I'm really looking forward to hear what you say about this because this is something that I have not done very well and I have warned about this before. It's like, you know, I do try to run my business in such a way that's kind of a good example of how to do it, but there are some things that I'm not very good at. And this kind of thing, you know, PR, outreach, and even even like having a very strong, clear, this is who I am identity is something that I have not done a great job of, especially not on active growth. Because what's missing here, you know, if you look at um, a website like Active Growth, it's like, okay, yeah, Shane is the entrepreneurial skills guy, I guess. But it used to be that I was the SEO guy and then I was the affiliate marketing guy. And it's like, it's changed so many times that, you know, even I'm confused at this point. So that's not great. <laughs> if you compare that to a site like Conversion XL, right? Conversion XL for me is one of the best examples of this because they launched with huge success. And right away, it's like, this is the professional conversion rate optimizer blog. That's what this is, right? It's, it's so clear what this is about. And everybody can sum that up in one sentence. And it's this kind of thing, right? If you have this kind of really clear identity, the way I think of it is it should be like sum upable like that, right? People should be able to say, oh yeah, Shane is the such and such guy. And Colin is the, you know, PR and outreach guy. That is the kind of clarity that you need to bring to the table. Yes, exactly. Because when so part of this, the the strategy and the the methods I'm going to give for doing outreach and kind of doing the new form of PR is you have to make sure your brand is memorable before you try to make a relationship with someone. You can't try to be the jack of all trades or the life coach that's does ten different things or the guy who talks about marketing or every form of marketing because that's just it just doesn't work. Like if I want to learn Facebook advertising, I want to go to the best Facebook advertising person that doesn't dabble in other forms of paid marketing. I don't want the pay-per-click specialist. I don't want the guy that does SEO on the side. I want the person that's they eat, sleep and breathe like that one particular method. Um, and that's when you want to reach out to people for your brand, that's what you want to, um, you want to have in mind. So um, yeah, I think that'd be a good time to maybe transition into the, actually what I want to do. Exactly. Let's get into this. So assuming that we have this, right, we've talked about this in previous episodes. So assuming that you have this clear idea, this is who I am, what do we do? What's the first step? Yeah. So the main thing is, so there's a lot of different names for it. I call it a combination to just write a couple names is dream 100 list or your superhero list. So whatever name you like, it doesn't matter. Uh, essentially what this is, is a list of people in your market that you aspire to be, or you would like love to be featured on. So whether it's a blog, a YouTube channel, an Instagram feed, I look at all these things really similar. So I, I don't like to differentiate between platforms. I like to look at a lot of them the same, like Instagram and YouTube and uh, a blog is all like a hub now. They're all get so much traffic and there's so much 
exposure and the right audiences are in each of those different places. So I like to know who those people are. So you just literally make a spreadsheet. <laughs> it doesn't matter if it's Google Sheets or Excel, it doesn't matter. And you just make, you, you search your market for, for these different people that are like your superheroes in your market that you want to aspire to be. Now with that list, it's not just the biggest of the biggest players. So how I find this list is very simple. I call this like just digging, like internet digging. I've talked with some people on your team about the shame with just like digging the internet and kind of just connecting the dots of, of where to find these people. So the obvious one is Google search. So Google searching like your top keywords and just figuring out who the blogs are in your market. Now, if you do like generic searches, let's say like fitness, like that's an easy one. It's like paleo diet. If you're like in the paleo diet or recipe market, you want to just search like paleo diet and Google. Now don't just pick the first like one to five search results. Go deeper, go to like page three, four and five, because you'll find blogs that are good. They're just not ranking in Google, but that doesn't mean A, they don't get traffic. B, they don't, doesn't mean they're not a real business or a potential collaboration with you to feature your brand. And doesn't mean they might, they might have something like a podcast you could go on. They may have something like a YouTube channel, but their SEO isn't that good on Google. So I don't want you to just think of the first one through 10, Type your main keywords in Google and then go through a few pages to find all different blogs of ones you haven't heard of. And that's, you know, that's kind of one strategy I use. Yeah. So this, I have done similar things for market research as well. And one thing that I noticed is like, I really have to dive deep because it's only once I actually start reading different blog posts and, and, you know, checking out different YouTube channels and, and whatever else I'm looking for that you start to see these patterns. For example, on YouTube, you know, you'll easily find the top most popular channels in any given niche. But once you actually go and look at some of their videos and for example, look at the comments, you'll often find that some of the smaller channels will leave comments on the videos of the, of the big players, right? And that's one of the ways you might not find the smaller channel like directly, but as you go through this content, you see, oh, it's, you know, this person here is showing up in the comments again and again. So you check them out and then, yeah, maybe it turns out that they have their own channel, which is a bit smaller, or they have a podcast. And it's this kind of thing, right? Like you said, it's, it's only once you go a level deeper than just the initial search that you start finding these potential candidates that are not the most obvious ones. Exactly. And another, th I got this from Brian Dean of backlinko.com. So I'll give him credit of, he always used to tell me that you want to find backlink. This is for SEO purposes, but it's very similar. You want to find backlinks and links to upcoming blogs that are growing, not just the biggest ones. You want to ride the wave with these sites and these, these channels and these publications. You don't want to be the one that just gets on Huffington Post. Like a good example is if you were on Tim Ferriss's podcast about four or five years ago when it started, and then you got built a relationship and did another one in the past couple of years, you rode the wave. You were, you were there when it was small and then you were, now you're here when it's like the biggest one online. Same with like Joe Rogan's podcast. And there's, there's a list of these things with podcasts and blogs are the same. Someone who wrote for Huffington Post or Forbes like a long time ago is now writing a lot or getting a lot of exposure because of these riding the wave with these publications. So the, you can do the same in your market. Now you don't think if, it's easy to give examples of mass media ones because they're more, everyone knows what they are, but every single market, I mean, I, I haven't found one that doesn't have some media publications, like a, a new a content site is what I would call this. Like a site that just creates content, whether it's for sponsored content, advertising, digital courses, whatever, that writes consistent content or produces content in video or podcast form. 
every market has it. It's, it's, I just take it as an excuse when someone says I can't find anything. There's always a market and there's always an adjacent market or a shoulder market that's very similar to yours that could uh, potentially promote your product. So once I find the, a really simple way to find other blogs is you find a, a really awesome blog. Awesome is relative, but I'm going to use in the terms of like the one that has the most actionable long form content that you can find in your market. So if that's in cooking, it's like a 4,000 word guide to cooking this one dish or this type of dish or this type of recipe <laughs> yeah. um, or a style of cooking. Like you want like the really long form content. You don't want the blog that posts like these little 300 word blog posts and just lets them go like five a day. That's not really what you're looking for for this next strategy. You want to find a really high quality long form content site. And typically these sites have more backlinks than the ones that just write little 500 word blog posts. That's not, that's a blanket statement, but typically that's what I find. Now, another way I do to find it a little faster is I use a backlink analysis tool. I prefer Ahrefs, um, Ahrefs, I'm not sure how to say it, or like Moz, I think has the same feature and uh, there's probably a couple other tools in the market as well. They're, these are SEO tools. Um, this tool allows me to just see who's linking to the bigger site with great high quality content. So what I look for is other sites in the market that link to the bigger site. And then there it gives me a whole new list of sites and potential blogs and other, other publications that I didn't find in Google. And you're not really going to find anywhere else unless you spend crazy amounts of time searching through like places like Quora and Reddit and Facebook groups and stuff like that. So I like to put them in like a link analysis tool. A lot of these even have like free trials if you don't have this and you can find out who's linking to these other sites. And that's, an, that's like a very quick way because you can sort it by all these different unique URLs. That's how I find them at scale. Okay, yeah, that's, so that's how you kind of find the secondary stuff, yeah. Mm -hmm. Because it's, once you find the top ones, you're gonna end up finding the same exact sites in Google. It, it happens every time I do this. Mm -hmm. After like an hour of doing this, you just keep running into this. It's like an 80-20, like the same, the top 20% yeah. of sites own Google. So you're just gonna keep finding the yeah. same sites after a while. And I find unless it's a really big market, you typically find about 50 to 60 unique sites with decent traffic. Yeah. On a side note, this, now I'm not sure how well this tool is as far as like traffic analysis goes, but I use a Chrome extension called SimilarWeb to at least get a gauge if the site has traffic. So I'm not really concerned <laughs> about how much traffic they're getting because I've seen these numbers be wildly off. But SimilarWeb is like a really, it's a pretty like premium um, software tool, but they have a free Chrome extension that I use to just gauge how much traffic a site gets within, it could literally be off by a hundred thousand, but it shows you if it's at least getting traffic. Um, and and yeah. that's what I use. So it's, it's very much, these kinds of tools uh, are very much like ballpark, oh, right? yeah. even though they will give you exact numbers, they're, they're basically nonsense, but it will tell you like, does this website get thousands of visitors or millions of visitors? Yes. Like on that scale, it can give you some some feedback. So if we've done all this stuff, so I, I follow all these steps and I make my list, right? My my spreadsheet of a hundred websites where I want to get featured or linked or something. Let's say we have that. I've got my one hundred. Do you sort them by any? Like, do you sort them from biggest to smallest, or do you just have a hundred 
however you found them? Yeah, so I like to sort it by take all metrics out of the equation. So especially when you're just starting off in your business, and I, I did this when I first got started, is you're thinking like, I want like for backlink purposes and SEO, I like I want the highest domain authority site first, or like the most, mm -hmm. like you want like the biggest site first. And I find that a little bit backwards because all of these metrics and all this stuff really isn't all that important when it comes down to you actually making sales and getting your brand to grow. So I like to bring it more to, if you could just pick a brand that gut feeling and just reaction that you want to have your blog or YouTube channel featured on, list it from order from you want to be on it most to least. So no metrics, more like a, which one would you like to see your, what like blogger, if he linked to you, or if you did a, you got to appear on his podcast, or you got to write a guest post for him, which one would you want to be on the most just from like a personal standpoint? Okay, that's great. All right, so we've got this list. And so what do I do next? What do I do with all these sites and links? Exactly. So this is so so just to give the, the listeners an idea, that part is is the most like kind of headache inducing labor part. So there is no shortcut to creating a cold outreach campaign or executing it. This is the part which has gotten me a lot of clients and the reason why this works is because it is so difficult for like a larger business of like maybe 15 or 20 employees to someone to execute this because it, there's so many moving parts. And if you already have a lot of stuff on your plate, it's tough to do this right and take the time and effort required um, and put the attention to detail. So once you find this list, what you need to do is you want to, I call it gathering dirt. So you basically want to gather dirt on all of these websites. Uh, what you want to do is you want to use the same spreadsheet and you want to get as much dirt as you can on the site. So who, if it's like a, like a news site, who's the editor, who are the top writers who, and if it's like a blog, a business, like a, like a online course creator, or maybe they sell e-com or whatever the case is, or an Amazon business blog or something, what, who is like the owner or the, like the name of the business? Like who is the one who's on the byline of all the blog posts and all the, you know, all that stuff. So for active growth, I'd look for, um, it'd be you, or I think Matt's listed to some, or, you know, whatever it'd be, I'd find that person. Um, and for other blogs, you want to just find yeah. who's, who's writing the content, who's the one who's like shipping it out. Um, and that's what you want to do is find who these people are and get their, whatever you can. If they have a name, put that in the spreadsheet. If they have a Twitter handle, put that too. If they have their email, put that there. If, you know, each, like in the news world, like media, Twitter is huge. They love to put their Twitter handle, but they mm -hmm. never put their email ever, ever. But if you go to Twitter, their Twitter says yeah. open for DMs. Oh, that's like email to journalists. Like don't email them, but send them a DM on Twitter. Um, you know, that's where they're kind of open to communicating. So when you're going through, just find like these different connection points and touch points that you can get a hold of each of the right people. So to kind of recap it really simply, what I do is I take the find the people that are the most important for me to get featured on their site in all aspects that could be mm -hmm. doing a guest video guest blog post backlink podcast guest uh social media shout out me doing social media content for them whatever you however you think fits for your your business or your idea that's who you want to find and you want to find at least one to three people never rely on one always try to find multiple because so example, Shane, if someone couldn't get a hold of you, but then they messaged Hannah and then they emailed you again, then they emailed someone else, they're gonna get through to somebody. 
someone's going to be like, who is this? Yeah. <laughs> like someone, someone's going <laughs> to let it come through. Um, and you need to find out who the right person is. So that is, and that you can't always tell by their website, contact us page. Like I, I typically try to avoid those. So that's the process of, of kind of gathering the dirt on these websites as you go through and find all the relevant information, pop it into your spreadsheet and there's no real organization system. Just make sure you can understand what you're doing. You don't need, you can use as many columns or rows as you want. Just make sure you can read it. Mm -hmm. And then you gather that data and then that is how you have uh, the contact data or, or at least the name. So that's how, that's what I do with it next. Okay, cool. Yeah. So we, and I think one of the things we're getting here is that you basically want to get down to the person, right? Because like, yeah, sure. The website has a contact form, but often you can send an email there and who knows what happens with it. And every site has a, has people you can email. And this is like, it's easy. Oh, I can't find a common excuse again. Oh, I can't yeah. find the contact info. Yes, you can <laughs> for mm -hmm. first is that every site you can find it through, whether it's the next thing I'm going to talk about, but there's always a way to find an email to someone. The way to find an email is, so there's, there's cool tools. Um, I've, I've only used them sparingly, but I've had friends that have used them for me. Uh, email Hunter is like an extension, I want to say. I'm not sure exactly what it is, <clears throat> but that's a good uh, tool. Um, I personally like to do a little bit old school, and I like to use three to four uh, platforms. So I like to do one, take their name, if you have first and last, and just pop it into Google. Yeah. See what happens. Like just, you know, what do you find? Do they have a personal blog? Do you find, um, what do you, whatever you find, do they have like an about.me page? Do they have, what do they have? Um, mm -hmm. Second thing I do is I like to go to, if, so if you can't find the email of the person there, I like to go to Facebook and type in their name and try to find the person that's like in, you know, try to find that exact person. So they're employed at the same company. Maybe they live in the state where the company is based in. Sometimes you have to kind of just dig. And that's why I call it like, you know, digging the internet and, and getting the dirt because it's, it's not like, a, mm -hmm. there's no like tool that just scrapes all this data accurately because what I'm looking for is like their yeah. personal phone number. Like I want the most direct form of contact you can possibly find. Company like jobs at XYZ or okay. info at XYZ.com is the worst email you could get. And I'd, I'd prefer like a personal number I could text. <laughs> so like there's, that's like two extremes of the scale. You want to get as close to like the personal number you could text mm -hmm. um, as you can. So in order to do that, it requires you to find them on Facebook and see what you can find their email in their about section. Go on Twitter, see if, it, if you can search their name and if you could find their email. Or LinkedIn is the, one of the last ones I like to use that's kind of a, can usually find some kind of email. Um, if you go on LinkedIn and search for them and find them, you can usually find an email that way. Okay. So let's say we have that for most of our sites, at least what's, what's next. Yeah. Let me actually touch on one more thing for, for that before we move on is that this process is the reason why I like to batch it in groups of like 50 to hundred is because if you're staring at a spreadsheet of a thousand names, this looks really daunting. <laughs> yeah. Um, like this is really intensive if you have a thousand names, but re realistically, if you focus this, this, this will take you about a week of pretty intense work or a week or two. Um, but once you do this right you, in week or two, meaning also sending the emails and getting results and getting like feedback back to you. Um, so okay. it's, but it just takes focus and time. But if you have a thousand sites 
and you get like a 2% response rate, that's not very good. But if you have a hundred sites and you can get a 20% response rate in success rate out of like 20, 100 sites, you built way better relationships and you have way less stress because you're not looking at like a thousand names. You remember all these sites you're talking to and you're reaching out to. Mm -hmm. That's a really key thing to not focus because we talked about this before we started the recording was, you know, everyone wants to scale everything in marketing. Uh, always. Like you start a business, yeah. you just want to go right to the moon. Like, oh, like we do a cold outreach campaign. Like how do we get a million or a, a thousand um, backlinks? How do we get a thousand people that want to, you know, do a guest post for? Let's get like one. And then we'll get two. Yeah. <laughs> and then we'll get three. And then we'll get maybe five. Like, you know, it's, it, this process is going to get you like one to 20 efficiently versus using a bunch of tools to send a bunch of mass cold emails and to do a bunch of stuff that doesn't work and gets you 2% results. Yeah, yeah. And for sure, there's, there's a huge aspect of basically power laws in this kind of thing because yes you can automate some of this right you can get some scraping tool that just goes through google results or whatever and scrapes email addresses and then you can blast people with emails or stuff but the, the problem is you can do that at a mass scale and yes maybe you will get like 200 backlinks out of that but it's going to be 200 backlinks from some rubbish websites um or you know or you you can get and you have to see that you you could get a hundred people tweet a link to your website that makes no difference. But if you get one, if you get the right influencer to to tweet about your website, not because they were like cajoled into it, but because you contacted them, they actually like what you're doing and they're like, yes, I want to mention this. That can, that can move the needle. And I think it's very important to to focus on the things that actually move the needle and not just on numbers. I've seen this over and over again. There's so much you can do to get the numbers without getting the result. Yeah, exactly. And this is something that people, I've talked with Hannah about this a lot actually, is that you know, I, I, I still don't have a website um, right. for myself and I neither do I have like quote unquote traffic, but I don't have the time for more work. So <laughs> it's, mm -hmm. it's just like, okay, I focus on like selling and, and growing like money in the front door, which is what grows the business, not necessarily just raw traffic that doesn't convert. And that's what like this strategy yeah. is developed out of is, let's say I give a presentation somewhere at a conference and I have five interested, you know, potential clients. I want to, you know, have three of them start working with me, not like a thousand mm -hmm. clients and I have I get two clients out of it. How can I make turn like, you know, 50%, 75% of people that I would talk to, like they're serious. Um, and I like to take the same approach to when I do cold outreach for clients is that's it's 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 all translates over and especially when you're starting wanting to go forth like you know everything is like in thousands and tens of thousands and hundreds of thousands um it's better to just get like quick wins and start moving the needle with numbers that matter and they get you traffic and email subscribers for your for your business so i know that's what you guys talk about a lot too and yeah. it's like getting real yeah, email sure. subscribers and customers and not facebook likes yeah <laughs> Exactly. Yeah, to focus on like focus on the stuff that matters. So I, I 100% agree with this part. Yeah. Yeah. So that that's um, kind of you know setting up for why I do it this way and why it's kind of it's so manual intensive. Um, but what it does too is it sets you apart because the next thing we're going to talk about is how you actually reach out to them and why it's actually effective. Why I say oh I get like on average we get a 17% success rate when I do this. Like that's I've tracked it and 17% of this when the, when I do from this start to the end, there's the results that I get is because when you start doing the outreach to these people, 
they're shocked at how much effort, time, and attention you spent to send them an email. Like they're absolutely blown away that you took the time to, to gather all this information and figure this stuff out and present it how you do. Yeah, so let's get into that because I think that's one of the big problems with outreach is that any influencer, anyone who's got any kind of um, audience online, any kind of exposure will basically get an unlimited flood of just rubbish outreach mm -hmm. where just you copy pasted messages where people are making the most insane demands. I mean, you know, where it's just clear that they haven't spent a second looking at your website because they're asking you to do something that's just, you know, for example, a typical thing for me is that I will get outreach messages saying, oh, do you want to run our ads on your website? It's like, you have to take one look at my website to see that I don't run ads. Yeah. So why are you asking me this? Yeah. Right? So what do we do to not be, to not be part of this just flood of requests that people get? Exactly. So if you are going to do this to grow your business, you do not use any automation tools to send these emails. You get a Gmail account. Mm -hmm. So don't use a Yahoo, use a Gmail account, which I'm guessing most of the listeners do, but just get your hands dirty with a Gmail account and one Chrome extension called MixMax, M-I-X-M-A-X. It's okay. free and there's a paid version. Just it's, it's a great value. It's like 29 US dollars a month or 19. It's, it's very inexpensive and it's very valuable. Um, it's, the, it's literally the only tool I use in this entire process outside of a Google Sheet and random notes on pieces of paper right. around me. <laughs> um, like I'm not the most organized, or most, or most organized person in the world and this, I can still make this work. So um, yeah, and, those, and that's it. Like the, the main thing with the emails is you need to get in the mind of a couple things. There's this one phrase I always remind myself is how can I stroke their ego? Mm. No, first and foremost, how do I stroke their ego? So Shane, if someone messaged you or emailed you and it's like, um, you know, hey, I read your, um, your blog post about, you know, starting online business and I'd love this, this and this. And I thought this point about how you guys talk about how people doing it this way are wrong and people doing it this way are just killing it. And all these things are like the thing, your core beliefs. It's kind of going at your core beliefs. You're like, oh, thanks. Mm. Like that, yeah, like someone's getting value out of this. You know, it's like the, yeah. it's like the personal trainer that gets that, you know, that, that email or that message of like super detailed and personal how they changed their life. Mm -hmm. They usually put it on Instagram. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like, it, that's the ones, oh, look at my client. Boom. Like, like those kind of things that really hit those, the person's core beliefs is like, and, and core beliefs are easy to find in, in, when you're talking about people that are writing and producing content and video or podcasts. You can hear it in their voice. You can hear the stuff they always talk and write about. So you know what they're about. Like you already know before you reach yeah. out what their angle is and what they're about. So for me, for active growth, I already know it's no nonsense business building. Focus on the metrics that matter, that make your business money, that grow it to where you can actually grow and have a business for your life. Like pretty simple. Yeah. And I think this, you know, for sure I can confirm that I love hearing from people for whom I've made a difference, right? That, that's one of my favorite messages to get is when someone says, hey, sometimes it's like, you know, hey, I took this course you made like five years ago and and it changed, you know, I've, I'm now, I have, have my own business and things are going well, that kind of thing, right? Or even just like, oh, this podcast episode really spoke to me, it really made a difference for me. This is my favorite thing to hear. So for sure, that would be a, basically an example of stroking my ego. Yeah. Um, and also it, it makes a huge difference because almost all bad outreach messages are just 
you know, me, 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 me from the person sending it, right? It's like, I run this agency, I have this product, I have this thing, will you link to me? It's like, no, no, this is all just about you. You don't even care who I am, right? Exactly, 100%. So the, the, the main, there's, there's two main components of the email. Um, one is, this is like, so you need to put on your copywriting hat. So this is like, you need, to, you need to think in a little bit of a mind of like a direct response copywriter of like when you're, if you haven't studied copywriting, I recommend that if you're going to learn a skill in marketing, that is, that is the skill you want to learn. Well, that's a different topic, but that's just, that helps with everything. Um, second of all, you want to make sure you're speaking to them, not at them. So when you write a subject line, don't yell at them. Don't like, you want to, you want to make it like you're trying to start a conversation with them, not pitch something, not do it. You need to think in the mind of you want to start a conversation with this person, just like if you saw them at a restaurant or a bar. You would, how, what would you like want to say to them or what would you, what would be one of the first things you would say that would make them want to talk to you? Because if you walked up to someone at a bar and said something, tried to pitch them on something, they'd walk away. <laughs> that, that'd be best case scenario, actually. <laughs> best case scenario is they walk away. Yeah. <laughs> so in, in this case, don't, don't treat it any different because it's actually, they're going to, all they know is your tone of voice through this written message. They don't know anything else about you. So you have, you have like a split second. I get dozens of emails a day. And a lot of times they just go subject line unread right to the delete. I just don't, I'll just say out of mind. I just don't want to reply. I don't make that a thing. I don't say I like, and most people do. Um, they're, they're not going to reply. Yeah, we all have to protect our time from, from this uh, overflow of messages, right? Yeah, it's impossible to get anything done and it just gives you a headache. So you, you have to think that yeah. you're unimportant. <laughs> I know it's like kind of hurtful maybe if the listeners like, you have to realize that you are unimportant in their world. But what can you do to make yourself valuable and important? Like that, that frame is how you want to approach this, this subject line. Now, each mark of the subject line is different, but in the gist of it, the main frame of it I like to use is you want to ask for their opinion, however you word it, but you want to ask for their opinion, thoughts, ideas, theories, whatever you want, whatever your market um, kind of the lingo or the language of your market is, but you want to get their opinion. That's, that's bottom line, what I like to do with the subject line that gets, that literally gets upwards of 60% open rates on a cold mm. email because of a few things that yeah, led that, before. That makes sense to me. Yeah. Because yeah, it was the right I mean, email. That's, again, that's kind of flattering, right? It's kind of flattering. Someone wants to know my perspective on something. Yes, exactly. So you want to, you know, when you, one I've used before is like first name, comma, or just first name, you know, nothing. Can I get your opinion? Or can I get your opinion on this? Mm -hmm. Or if you want to get really specific, can I get your opinion on the paleo diet? If they've like either for it or they're really against it, either one of those is yeah. like, can I get your opinion on it? So it, it doesn't matter always if they're for it or against it because you cover both. If they hate it, they're going to come back. Oh, I can't wait to write this email. I'm going to show them. And then, <laughs> yeah. and then the other way is like, and then even if they, even if you, that person gets like, you know. I'm using air quotes, angry emails you, you can be like, oh no, I totally agree with you. I just wanted to hear your thoughts. Mm -hmm. They're like, oh, awesome. Like, thanks. And if they are like for the paleo diet, they'll give you this. I've gotten like three paragraph answers back. Mm -hmm. Like literally three paragraph answers that are about that topic. And I'm like, wow, I, didn't, I don't even care. Like, <laughs> it's like, you know, it's like, great. Like, wow, that worked. 
because you, you, the point of it's not even about what they reply back. It's that they took the time to reply. So we get 60 to 70% open rates with about 30 to 50% reply rates. There's ranges because each campaign gets, there's a, it's in a, a decent range, but it's not like a 5% range. I can't say it's like 45 to 50%. It does swing sometimes. It, it could be all kinds of things between spam, tech problems, the time you send it, holidays, promotions. There's all kinds of things. Um, but if you're yeah. sending these cold emails in, in uh, uh, November or December in the US, forget about it. Like they're going to drop you because their inbox is crazy flooded. So you have to be super mindful of these, like these promotions and times of years and this kind of stuff. It actually makes a pretty significant difference. So if we, if we send this first message, let's say we send this first message, we get a reply from some people. So initially there's no ask in the message. Is that right? You, you basically just get, you get their opinion, get their reply. Yes. Yeah, so, and the content is literally asking their opinion on, so what I like to do, there's what I like to do is I like to get your opinion on a piece of content. So it could be something you've written. Ideally it's something you've written or something you've produced mm -hmm. or something like that. Like something that's yours in the actual body of the email okay. is what, you know, can I get your opinion on this here? And it's something that they would mm -hmm. want to give their opinion on. Or if it's a bigger site, you want to give the, if it's like a new site or something, you may want to, put something that's like controversial or something they might have an opinion on. Okay. So in the diet world, it could be like a new medical case study about the keto diet that like a big one that like took the inner, like the, the market by storm, like some new proven data or some new scientific study that everyone read in the market. Um, mm -hmm. Or it could be like, if it's government, like a new law that got passed, or it could be like, there's whatever is like something new and exciting in the market that they would have a strong opinion on or you assume they would have a strong opinion on. Okay. That's, it's, it's like literally three to five lines max. And not sentences, like mm -hmm. I like to keep it about six to eight words a line. So if you're in Gmail, you don't wanna write like a 15 words on one line. Yeah. You wanna make it read vertical. Okay. Like a, you want it to be like about 10 words wide max, maybe less. Right, so super short, it, that's another thing, right? It has to be easy. Like if someone opens your email after they've read the subject line and then it's like a block of text there, they're like, oh, never mind. Yeah, I do. Uh, <laughs> I'm too busy. Yeah, I do three lines, three to five lines and every line has, a, it's like double spaced and it's right. very vertical. So they're like, if you look at email, like people look at it, click open, they just run down. They instantly go from top to bottom. Mm -hmm. So you want to just make it top to bottom. Like don't let them just go with it. Uh, make it easy to scan yeah, and yeah. skim. So, and that's it. And that's all you do. Now you're going to get replies and you're going to also get people that don't reply as well. So you get both. Now I'm going to touch on what happens if they don't reply. So I'll go back to when they do reply, but if, let's say no one replies to the, or let's say a lot of people don't reply to the first email. What you have to do is you have to have a second email that's in the follow-up. So the second follow-up email is, uh, it's pretty simple. It's, you need to stroke their ego even more, which I lead with a question. And what I do is I share their newest piece of content, their most proud piece of content, or their site or social media profiles in general on your business's blog, podcast, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, whatever, and all or any of the above, whatever is the most, the biggest driver for you, um, or just any at all to uh, and then you send a message and you just do it. And then you tell them that you did. Okay. So you, you go ahead and do it. And what I do is 
the subject line is like, oh, can I share your site? Can I share your channel? Can I share your blank to mm -hmm. our fans, to our audience, to our email list, to our fill in the blank? Okay, but then you've already done it by that time. Yes, you've already, you, in, so in the email, you ask him, you basically say, hey, you know what? I was gonna ask you if I could do this, but I just went ahead and did it anyways, screenshot. Right. That's it, <laughs> that's, the, that's the extent of that second email. Now, the, the trick with this too is why I like to use Gmail is I do it as a reply to the first email. Uh-huh. So they can see both the emails. They see that they, you emailed that person twice. Yeah, yeah. Like they'll see that you emailed them twice. Like, oh, usually the reply I get is, oh, thanks for sharing that. I'm sorry I missed your first email. Here's my reply. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <laughs> Boom. That's so it's like yeah. I want them to read the first one, but this was just a really eye grabbing. So this is like the copywriting skill I was talking about. It's like you need to use your copywriting hat to get their eyes to pop to open the letter. Yeah. Because yeah. if they open it, then you realize that you actually were genuinely asking for their opinion in the first email. And in Gmail, it's great because they probably use Gmail too. Right. Yeah. And it's important because otherwise it's easy to, if you send it as a new email, it's easy to, the, the connections isn't going to be there. It, this will look like the first email they've gotten from you. So that would kind of be pointless, right? The longer the thread, the better is what I always say. If you have like okay. a 15 thread reply, the better. Like if you guys are just going back and forth, even better. Cause like, they're not going to forget that. Yeah. You yeah. know, like I remember, I mean, I probably do three to five deep on average, like just daily communication, not for this, but like just in general. But if I did one that was 15 deep, well, that's memorable. That's like a legit conversation. Yeah. That's, that goes from like small talk to like actually having a, a debate or setting up plans or something. That's something. Yeah. And you're not going to drop a, a conversation that deep in, right? It's, it's easy to ignore an initial message, but if you're already in a conversation with someone, the natural thing to do is to continue it. Yeah, completely. 100%. So the, that is, that's really the trick of the first two. So the third one, if they don't reply to the first two, they're most likely not going to reply. But the third one is kind of like, like a, like a recap on the same email thread. So it's uh, more of like, uh, would love to get your opinion, comma, did you get my message? Did you get my last message? Mm -hmm. All right. That's kind of a last grab effort. Would love to get your opinion. I'm dying to hear your thoughts. Right. Like you, you kind of stretch because I mean, what worst case scenario is they just don't reply again. Oh, well, like you don't want to think that you, I'd rather push to get them because I'm trying to offer them, like I'm not trying to scam them. So I'd rather like push to get them to at least acknowledge me and reply. Because yeah. that's, the, that's, that's the trick of cold outreach and kind of like in, co in copywriting is the goal of one line is to get you to read the next. So mm -hmm. the goal of, of this is to get them to open the email so they read it and then open the next one. Like it's, it's, this, it's this process of getting them to take small actions little by little that are, you know, that is what we're trying to do. So the same things apply. Okay. And then that one's kind of a restatement of the first email. That's it. All right. So we followed this process at this point and we've gotten replies from some percentage of people we reached out to and presumably they're, they're giving us an opinion or something. What happens next? Yeah. So once you get the opinion, this is where you need to use templates, but not scripts. So you need to have some things ready to go on your end. So this goes to knowing, this goes way back to the beginning of this, this call. So if you missed this, go back. Is it's, you need to know exactly who you are, what you have to offer and why you're unique and why you can stand out in the market. Because you have to have this ready to go for when they reply back to you. Because most of the time, after they give you the reply of, of after you ask their opinion, 
the bottom is going to usually include what do you want or what can I do for you? Okay. Or after you do the social media share or you, pr pr uh, you promote their blog with the screenshot or whatever the case is, they're going to ask, oh, thanks for doing that. How can I help you? Right. So we're creating this reciprocity. That's the whole point of, this, of asking them questions in these emails is you ask them for the opinion and you, and you share their site and you share their social media and it's like, oh, well, I feel obligated to at least ask them, like, how can I help you or what do you need or what's up? Okay. And so then in your next message, do you somehow pivot into an ask or what, what is it even? What do you ask for? Exactly. So what you ask for is, I t it, it depends on the market. So it also depends on the type of content usually. So this is why it's better to lead with content, not like your product itself. So leading mm -hmm. with a piece of content or something you produce is better because there's no sales involved. There's no like, hey, I think this product would be great to help you grow your business. Hey, I'm a consultant. I think this would, I think it would be great to do your SEO. Like, yeah. ugh, it's like, oh, great. That doesn't work. So what it has to be is you have to continue the relationship. Um, what I typically like to do is I would you know, offer to write them an epic guest post. If it's the right blog, you want to write them an awesome guest post. So this would be if I went to you, Shane, and I asked if I could write like an 8,000 word guide to um, affiliate marketing for your site and you approved it and I did all the work and spent like 30 hours writing it. Mm -hmm. That's like, oh, okay. Well, I, if he wants that as a guest post, sure. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, like, I, yeah, I guess. And I, I can again say from the receiving end of outreach stuff, it's so typical that people just go straight away for, yeah, I'm a marketing agency, hire me for this and that. Or even if it is, you know, guest post outreach, it's often the kind of thing where it's, I wrote this article, do you want to publish it? And it's like, look, this article is not up to my standards. It's not the kind of thing I usually write about. It's just, if I publish this on my side, it would, it would, you know, it would basically lower the value, the average value of my website, yes. because you clearly didn't pay attention, right? You, you're basically just trying to get this link. And yeah, if someone told me basically, look, I, I get it, right? I've had a brief conversation with them. I trust that they understand what, what it's about. And they're like, look, here's a really awesome piece of content that I think your site would, um, you know, would be good for. That's totally different. And, and to be honest, I basically never get outreach like that. Right. <laughs> no one does. That's why it stands out. So, and the, and the thing too, is that this goes back to the way back to the dream 100 list or the superhero list of you have to know who these people are and what they do. Yeah. You have to, like you have to know what they're about. You got to know what makes their, makes them tick and you got to know what their core beliefs are of their business or their brand, whatever it is. Um, and that, it all ties in. Like <laughs> it's, it's weird how it all like comes full circle. It all comes back to these basics, like these core, like fundamental things of knowing yourself, your audience, your customers, your influencers, all of that ends up tying in because if I gave Shane a guide, if I looked at his blog and looked at recently, the recent most 10 posts on active growth, and I wrote something that was like a combination of the few top posted there that had the most comments or the most, you know, whatever engagement. If it was like a really, really high quality piece of content, there's a chance that Shane would just say yes, even if he never says yes to guest posts. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. But, I mean, it's not like I don't publish guest posts out of principle. I've just never gotten a pitch that was good enough. Exactly. And that's why it's opening your, you, it's not that, you know, it's kind of the old sale, like you have to ask to get what you want. Like yeah. you have to ask, you have to try, you have to give the value, not just ask out of nowhere. You can't ask it with nothing to value to give. If you have something of value, ask and keep asking and bother them and, and get through to them. Cause even if it took five times to reach Shane and he finally published your post, 
he's not going to hate you because you emailed him five times. You know, like it, it's it's not like if it was value at the end, it's okay. And this is yeah, with all your industry. True. Like if you do this, it's like, yeah, don't be a spam and don't be an asshole. But you you also have to, you know, you have to be persistent because people are busy and these people that are running these companies or whatever position they may be or the owner all the way down to you know content writer, they're all busy um, and they have lives. So you have to get through. Yeah, I would add to that that what's important if you do this repeated outreach is that. I need you to respect the fact that I, uh, you know, the reasons I have for not replying immediately. Like, I need you to respect that if you have, if you're a customer and you've got a problem, we've got support channels, we've got a huge support team, we've got all these systems in place, we spend enormous amounts of money to help you as quickly as possible. But if you're trying to talk to me, you have to respect the fact that I get way more emails than I can ever answer. And like, you have to not get mad if I don't reply. Exactly. And you know, you have to keep that in mind. You have to always remember that these are people when you're messaging them. These are not email addresses at companies. These are yeah. human beings that have lives and, and have jobs or they're owners or they're in a business that's just, that looks successful, but is like a, 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 you know, a 12 hour a day grind. And you have to just really understand that you know, the reality of the, the situations you're, of the people you're reaching out to are vastly different. So the main, another main benefit of, of when you do these kind of emails and, and you promote with content and you give them something to do, which by the way could also be, I have this perfect topic for a podcast if they have a podcast. Hey, I'd love you guys have talked about this. I'm an expert in this field of, the, of I'm an expert on this diet. I would love to give a 30 minute, I could even pre-record it and you could just run it as a podcast. I could pre-record this entire thing and, and you guys can just do whatever you want with it. You can run it as an extra, a bonus. You can even put your own ads on it. It's fine. You can even make money from this thing. I could care less. Mm -hmm. And that's like going above and beyond in a podcast. Same with YouTube. You could make a guest video for them to upload to their channel. So look at YouTube as like you could do like a guest video blog. I know it's not a blog, but you could still make a video that's for their channel that's amazing and then they could upload it. Yeah. That's one yeah. less video they have to make. You know, <laughs> that's, that's great. They're like, cool. Yeah, that's, that's another thing that I did you know, long time ago now, but when I was doing this kind of outreach for my first product, one of the things is I looked for people who had something on a regular schedule. So someone who maybe had a newsletter was like, oh, I share some hot new strategy every week or, you know, a weekly podcast or a weekly video a membership, right? A, a, a basically where people sign up and they expect to get new courses and things every month or so. And I asked, I approached those people I was like, look, I'm going to create some content for you, right? I'm going to create a course for you to put in your membership site. And like you say, like you're going to make money from this, right? I'm just giving you this material. Um, or yeah, I'm going to I'm going to appear on your podcast and I'm going to give people some really awesome advice that can be one of your weekly podcasts and so on. And the reason I think this works is that it can be difficult if you have a recurring thing where you have to churn out this content Everybody has times where it's like, oh my God, I have no time for this. I, I, you know, I, I have to do another weekly update, but I'm so busy. I wish that someone else would do this for me. Like you can step in and be like, I'm going to do this for you. Right? I'm going to help you with this. Exactly. And when you help them, the main thing of going above and beyond. So this is, this is the part that, um, and the harsh reality of this, and, it, and it, people think it's a harsh reality, but it's actually not even close is that let's say you do, you make a video and you do all this work to build the list, send the emails, get replies, manage all this, 
reply back to emails when you're on a date and all this stuff to like that you're like man this took like my entire week or even two sometimes and you know like oh i i published the video this is going to be great and it gets like half the views of their normal videos or yeah. you publish the the blog post and you get like no comments and like it's just crickets and people are like oh wow this didn't work i'm like are you kidding now you can literally send them an email or call them at some point some people you build enough relationship after this you could just call them mm -hmm. if the business is smaller or you guys got along or now you have an open email to collaborate with them in the future that is the entire point of doing this is right there it's not the yeah. first time it's the tenth time it's not yeah, yeah. the this it's it's like it's it's way later on where whether you guys create products together do podcasts together there's so many business out that do have like joint podcasts now so many guys in the information marketing world like combine together to do one podcast together or mm -hmm. a youtube series or a jv launch or a pro there's so many ways to monetize this grow your list grow your audience it's unlimited and that's because you, what you did is built relationships it's just like going to a conference in your industry and meeting people for a week except virtually that's an important point right it's not about getting that one thing it's not about getting that one backlink or something i i also would add yeah sometimes you get something published and the results are poor i've also had this i have made entire videos i have made entire like mini courses for people's uh, websites or memberships and then they never got published right that can happen right. as well um but again, that's just, it's just a numbers game, right? It's like, well, if you do five of them, maybe four of them get published and maybe two of them are going to be real hits, but you still build relationships with five people. Exactly. And what you start to do is you start to, um, it's kind of like an omnipresence thing. You end up popping up all over the place in different markets. Mm -hmm. So this is the obvious one now is like when, when, like in the, in the marketing business, personal development podcast market, like Lewis Howes and all those kind of like podcasts you see like the same, if, if a guy's launching a new book, you're about to hear him on about 15 podcasts. Yeah, exactly. So get ready. Yeah. Like you're, you're about to hear the same story like 15 times over. Yeah. Now, people think, well, why is that? Because they've built relationships with each other, period. Like yeah. <laughs> it's not like their PR person reached out. These guys are too big and these guys are not like that anymore. It's not like that. It's not like some news channel, podcast or radio show. It's like, oh, he's helped me before, I'll help him. Mm -hmm. Oh, we're friends. We like met at a conference or we've launched this product together or, you know, it's like a relationship. So it's not these things you're like, oh, he just had the best book I had to have him on. It's like, nope, I met him through this person and we had a relationship where he sent me an email where he wrote a blog post for me or really helped me with a part of my business I didn't understand out of pure generosity. Yeah. And that yeah. started the relationship. And you can do the same at a small scale for your own blog or business where you could maybe get consistent backlinks, consistent podcast appearances. YouTube collaborations, social media posts on Instagram back and forth. If you're like in, if you're like in the beauty or fitness space, in, Instagram is a real traffic source. Um, yeah, and then that, that's ways where you can really make it to to, to kind of quote unquote scale for you, and, and really drive numbers with through relationships, not through paid advertising. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. All right. So, is there are there more steps to this? Is there anything else that we need to do to kind of tie this strategy together, or is that pretty much it? No. I mean, the main thing is to repeat this. So, uh -huh. you do you, these leads. Let's say you put a hundred on the sheet. You want to on your spreadsheet. You want to continually service those. And let's say people don't answer. You need to make a mark. You need to keep this spreadsheet like very marked up and, and you know 
very like organized in the sense of knowing who you've reached out to and who you haven't because what you like what's good to do is once you the ones you did not reply to any emails whatsoever go back to those blogs and find a different person right and repeat the process because you don't want to give up on the blog there's only so many good blogs on each market mm -hmm. there's lots of blogs there's only so many good ones you want to be on mm -hmm. so you don't want to burn these bridges you want to keep being persistent just like we said if i like it might have taken me five times to get a hold of shane but i finally did and i got an affiliate guide posted on his site mm -hmm. like oh, it took like it took like a month of actually emailing or two months to get it done okay but it's done mm -hmm. <laughs> and it worked so that's where you need to kind of put your head at is that you got to keep servicing these hundred and not don't think so quickly about finding the next batch of a hundred yeah service these ones and when the time comes re-add to the list again and make it 100 turn it to 200. another thing i would add here is that a lot of these people also know each other and so when you get your foot in the door with one of them you can ask them to introduce you to the other people on your list because for sure if you have your list of 100 people basically guaranteed that most of them there's basically connections between almost everyone on this list right they they have there's probably like hundreds of connections between those 100 people where they've met each other they've worked together they know each other they know someone who knows the other person and so on so i've often found that again you know networking is not my strength at all but i've often found that is then an easier way to get uh, through to someone if it's just like oh you're friends with this guy can you send him an email saying i have a you know a suggestion or something yeah exactly and it's kind of like you know you were talking about like a power power lot of this and that's one exactly is that don't you know think deeper into this that oh you're 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 internet friends with this these some of these people now i won't say personal friends because you have to meet them in person first or talk to them on the phone or something but for your you're like internet email friends with these people that is you know that can move you and that can get you introductions if you have value that's why you want to prove yourself and show that you are bringing value to the table and if you do they're not going to feel guilty or you shouldn't feel guilty and they aren't going to feel embarrassed or, you know, mad if you ask them to introduce you to someone. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. That's, that's the process. I mean, that's the, that's the main thing to PR and, you know, all the honest truth of it is yes, it takes time. Yes. It takes focus and yes, it takes energy. But when you're starting your business, that's really all you have. Um, yeah. <laughs> that, that's the, that's the main, you know, commodity you have to work with. Time is valuable, but if you know, you have to, you have to spend time and invest time somewhere. Yeah, and this is about more than just getting traffic, right? This is about more than just getting links and getting people back to your website and, and stuff like that, because this is really about getting traction. It's about getting your name out there and you know, traffic and customers is more of a side effect of this kind of work. And it's, it's totally the kind of thing that when you start out and you're bootstrapping, this is the exact kind of thing you can do. Um, that, you know, where a lot of other stuff, you can't just drop $100,000 on advertising or anything like that, right? But this is the kind of thing you really can do. Exactly. And it gets you customers, which I know this is, I remember when you guys launched this podcast, I cannot remember the exact date, but Hannah told me the first few messages were about, uh, uh, or first few podcasts were about getting customers, yeah. not email listers or exactly. traffic. And I remember I was like, oh, that's, speak, that's like music to my ears. Like <laughs> uh, someone who's not talking about like SEO or like, you know, yeah. getting a, a quick hack from Reddit or something like that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right, Colin, that was that was really good. Thank you for the in-depth content here. 
Now, I heard that you don't have a website. So what do people do? Where, where can they find out more about you? How can they connect with you? Yeah, of course. So uh, the best way to get a hold of me is to email me. So you can just go to me at colinship.com and just send me an email. Cool. That's the easiest way to get a hold of me. So. All right. That's awesome. And that concludes our episode. Thank you very much for listening. And as I mentioned in the beginning, if you want to join the conversation here and if you want to get links and resources to the stuff we talked about in this episode, you can go to the show notes. You can find them at activegrowth.com forward slash hero list. That's one word, hero list. Activegrowth.com forward slash hero list. There, you can click on a button or tap on a button to leave us a voice message. It's a really simple thing to do. So if you have any kind of feedback or any questions you want to ask and you'd like us to answer on the show, we really appreciate hearing from you. And that is all for this week. Thank you for listening, and I'll catch you in the next one.